0: Hello, my friends and fellow Catholics. Welcome back to another episode of the Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode one hundred and fifty-four. And great news! Um, a couple of days ago, I got it. Um, I called up Church Militant, and they gave me permission that I can use their um, articles and headlines and um, you know opinion pieces on my podcast. And they sent me an email confirming that and it's great great news so i got permission and i want to thank church militant if you're listening thank you thank you thank you very much it's kind of great because it kind of builds a little networking here also uh guess what we have an article by church militant's christine niles supreme court justice ruth bader ginsburg dead this is uh september 18th 2020 if you thought the coronavirus wasn't enough, if you thought Antifa wasn't enough, if you thought Black Lives Matter wasn't enough, if you thought all the protests, the rioting, the pulling down of statues, um, the anti police to defund the police wasn't enough, well, guess what? This battle over the Supreme Court vacancy by uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to pump up the volume even more. Because you have to understand there were 9 five are conservative, four were liberal. Ruth Bader Ginsburg passes away, vacates the one of the four liberals, now there's only three. If Donald Trump puts in another conservative, that will make 6 to 3 and that worries the Democrats. It worries them. Now they're like an animal with its foot trapped and, and trapped, and they're going to, they're getting ready to bite it off because it's, it's, it's just crazy. Well, before we begin, let's begin with a prayer. And before we start that, I always do that to myself. I don't know why. Please, if you like my podcast, subscribe, share, tell your friends. It's a great help because it lets, Spotify and Anchor, which I do my podcast through, it lets them know that you like this podcast. It lets Google Podcasts know. It lets Apple Podcasts knows. It lets Outcast and all the other platforms know that you like this podcast. And it's a great help to me because I don't advertise. Um, but word of mouth does seem to help. And I really appreciate it. And once more, thank you, Church Militant, for giving me permission to use your articles. I really appreciate it. So let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Uh, Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary. Pray for us. St. Joseph, guardian of the Holy Church, pray for us. And he's also known as Terab of Demons. Uh, Thomas, St. Thomas More, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. And St. Augustine, pray for us. And please, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. So now it's five conservative, three liberals. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Well, she's been uh, in New York City. You actually sometimes see bumper stickers with sort of like emojis of her. And you see people with T-shirts and you see people with, um, you know, uh, bags with images of her face on there. And um, she's, um, you know, I mean, one the sad problem about the Supreme Court, and it's the one thing that's very disturbing about it, is that they're there for life. It's almost like a religious thing. If you look at it, they're like priests or cardinals or bishops. And the funny part is, I was telling talking to my mom about this, is that the cardinals at some point are forced to retire when they reach some age. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's in the 70s or something. But the Supreme Court judges are there for the rest of their lives. And they wear robes like priests or You know, high priest or something, and they stay there to the very end. In some ways, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not much different than uh, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to disappear; she loves her position. And uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't want to leave. And matter of fact, they say that she was hoping to that she could stay on, and Trump can, uh, you know, get replaced by a uh, by a Democrat. I mean, you know, that's what they say. And they even said something about that when she passed away, she was her desires that she would not be her position would not be filled by this present. I mean, I doubt she said that, but who knows? Some things, some things are crazier than we can imagine. Well, anyway, let's begin this article. Okay, so let's begin. Nuclear battle to begin over high court vacancy. Washington, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away Friday at home. She was 87. Wow. The Supreme Court issued a press release announcing she had passed from complications from metastatic pancreatic cancer. She's had a long battle. She's had several battles over cancer. The high court's oldest member, Ginsburg, was appointed in 1993 by Democratic President Bill Clinton, serving on the Supreme Court for for Justice for 27 years. She belonged solidly to the liberal bloc, consistently ruling in favor of advancing abortion and the LGBT agenda. Ginsburg's death has increased the election stakes by a hundredfold. The Supreme Court battle over who sits next in her seat is expected to eclipse that of justice. Brett Kavanaugh, after she was nominated to take the place of Catholic retired justice and pro-homosexual activist Anthony Kennedy in 2018. The confirmation process has become a national disgrace, Kavanaugh said during his highly contentious confirmation hearings, where she was accused by Chris uh, he, I'm sorry, he was accused by Christine Blasey Ford for stand for standing by while she was sexually assaulted, allegations that were later contradicted by the evidence. There has been a frenzy on the left to come up with something, anything, to oppose my nomination, he said. Ginsburg's passing under a Trump presidency is the realization of liberals' worst fears. If the president successfully appoints another conservative justice to the high court bench, the conservative bloc will solidly outnumber the liberal bloc six to three. Remember, it's five to four, she dies, it's five to three, he appoints another conservative, it would be six to three. So this is something that's going to pump the volume even higher to get, you know, it's it's going to make this even a crazier election season. Spelling the potential end of a Roe versus Wade after half a century on the books the loss of Ginsburg's critical and reliably pro abortion vote is in any new ruling, uh, you know, you know in, in a vote in any new ruling on Roe v. Wade will be a vote that will the left will not give up without an intense fight. Liberals had pressured the three time cancer survivor to retire under Obama, hoping for a Democratic appointed replacement favorable to abortion and gay rights. But Ginsburg showed no interest in leaving the bench saying in 2017, I will do this job as long as I can to a full, you know, to to full steam. You know, know, she says, I will do this job as long as I can do it full steam. She's very selfish. You see what I'm saying? This is her religion. This I mean, this was her religion. It's It's just like Nancy Pelosi these people love. This is their life. They don't want it. They, they, there's nothing else for them. There's no God outside of uh, outside of their politics. Politics is their God. Unbelievable. The cause and the greater good didn't matter to her. She needed to be there. This is this is what she. This what kept her alive. Unbelievable. Under Trump, the GOP changed the rules for. Uh, for uh, closure, changing the requirements from a supreme supreme, supreme uh, majority to a simple majority of 51 votes to end the filibuster, which is what took place during the confirmation hearings for Justice Neil Gorsuch. Thus, a Democratic attempt at a filibuster in the next confirmation process is unlikely to succeed. With Republicans retaining a majority of 53 in the Senate, to the Democrats 45, unless three Republicans defect, Trump's nominee is expected to have the votes to sail through. This means the Democrats may have to find other ways to tank the nominee, surfacing old sexual assault allegations as they did with Kavanaugh in the hopes of getting the nominee disqualified until Trump appoints a moderate, soft on abortion, whom the left believes does not pose a threat to Roe. They could also try to run uh, run out the clock, insisting that the vacancy not be filled until after the election, with the hopes that it will result in their candidates, Joe Biden, becoming the new president. This is precisely what Democrat Senator Charles Schumer suggesting, tweeting, the American people should have a voice in the le- in the selection of their next Supreme Court justice. <laughs> All right, this is you see, it's going to be very interesting. It is going to be very very interesting uh, how this plays out because this the I'm telling you, it's I think it's so paganistic that these justices stay in there for the rest of their lives. I mean. It's just, it's just, it really is. It's, I, you know, for the Democrats, this is their high priest, these Supreme Court justices. And I, you know, I don't like it in the sense that why can't there be a term limits on them? Why can't there be a term limit? Uh, it's, It's unbelievable. But House Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has promised to move forward quickly on Trump's nominee, announcing that his pick will receive a vote On the floor of the United States Senate. He's another one that's been there for too long. All right. Let's go on. Pro-abortion and pro-LGBT track record. That's uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's track record. A self-described feminist long before coming to the Supreme Court. Ginsburg was encouraged by the anti-Trump Women's March on Washington, D.C. on January 21st, 2017. I've never seen such a demonstration, both the numbers and the the report of people in that crowd, she said. So yes, we, we are not experiencing the best times, but there is reason to hope that we will see a better day. Ginsburg made a you know, made clear she was no fan of Trump, once calling him a fake with an ego and no consistency about him. After criticism, she apologized for what she called ill-advised remarks. Judges should avoid commenting on a candidate for public office. The statement read, in the future, I will be more circumspect signaling her vote in the highly-anticipated 2015 case Obergefell uh, Arber, v. Hodge that legalized same-sex marriage. Ginsburg officiated a gay wedding one month before the ruling was handed down. Ginsburg slammed in the tw- 2009 again in 2014 for promoting what seemed to be eugenics against unwanted populations. In a comment to the New York Times, she said, frankly, I thought that at the time of Roe versus Wade was decided there was a concern about population growth and particularly growth in populations that we don't want to have too many of. So you can't tell me that wasn't racist. That remark over certain populations that we don't want to have too much of, sounded like someone who basically had a racist view about other people. And it's interesting how the Democrats would defend that. In 2014, she remarked to Elle magazine, it makes no sense as a national policy to promote birth only among poor people. Her critics noted The long time link between abortion, advocacy, and eugenics. Its most notable proponent, Margaret Sanger, whose birth control league morphed into a planned parenthood, and who can regularly associate, who regularly associated with American Eugenics Society and corresponded with the architect of Hitler's Nazi eugenics program. I could never understand how the liberals don't put that, can't see those connections. Of Jewish descent, Ginsburg was born in 1933 in Brooklyn. Yeah, unfortunately, she came from our, our, our borough, uh, Brooklyn, New York, and went on to excel at academics, graduating at the top of her class at Cornell University in 1954. She was one among only nine female students at Harvard Law School in 1956 and was the first woman named to the Harvard Law Review. She went on to become the first female professor at Columbia University to earn tenure, going on to direct the Feminist Women's Rights Project for the American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, in the 1970s. Her first judicial appointment came in 1980, when Democrat President Jimmy Carter named her to the U.S. Court of Appeals for District of Columbia, she served there until her Supreme Court appointments in 1993. Hospitalization. Ginsburg has struggled with illness and injury in recent years with multiple hospitalizations. On July 17th, Ginsburg, Ginsburg underwent chemotherapy treatments for a recurrence of cancer at the time she made clear she would not be retiring and that she was in she was fully able to continue her role on the high court the week before that she had been hospitalized hospitalized for an infection at john hopkins uh, hospital in baltimore undergoing an und- uh endoscopic procedure to clean out a bile duct stent that was placed last August. She was hospitalized over gu- a gallstone infection in May receiving non-surgical treatments at Johns Hopkins hosp- uh, Hospital. She was also hospitalized twice, ho- hospitalized twice in November 2019 after contracting a stomach virus. In November 2018, she landed in the hospital after a fall and fractured her three ribs. Wow. She's had a Quite uh, a lot of, I mean, she survived. She's a tough person, but to go through all that. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. All right. There's another article here I want to read. This one is by Paul Morano. It's uh, November 4th, 2019. Ginsburg may have lied to Congress. Listen to this. Washington, former President Bill Clinton had publicly admitted that abortion was at the forefront of his mind when choosing Ruth Bader Ginsburg as a Supreme Court pick. He also indicated she may have spoken falsehoods to Congress in her nomination hearings. At a Georgetown University Law Center event on Wednesday, uh, sitting on stage beside his wife, Hillary Ginsburg herself, Clinton admitted what every president uh, president since Roe vs. Wade has public, publicly denied that abortion was a man uh, abortion was a main reason for his choosing a Supreme Court nominee. There is one thing that we did discuss, and I feel that I should tell you because it will illustrate why I thought I should appoint her. Clinton admitted abortion was a big issue in 1992. In this election, I was made one of the first Democratic. Run pro-choice Democrat to run, to run since Roe v.ersus Wade, who actually benefited from Roe run Roe v.ersus Wade because the Webster, Webster, uh, Webster decision frightened the other side. The other side, Clinton spoke of, are those who supported legalized abortion. The Webster decision he ref, uh, he referred to is the 1989 Supreme Court ruling on a Missouri law whose Preamble in uh, preamble included the life of each human being begins at conception, and unborn children have uh, pr- uh, predictable in, in, uh, interest in life, health, and well-being. The Supreme Court upheld a state's right to prohibit abortion after viability, among other things. Abortion at the forefront of most Americans' minds in the Roe versus, Roe versus Wade era always comes up in a congressional hearing during the Supreme Court nomination process. Usually nominees refuse to divulge their judicial stance and deny any conversation on the subject with the president that appointed them. But, as Clinton recounted, Ginsburg's case was different. Uh, Ginsburg knew this perfectly well, that I was under a lot of pressure to make sure I appointed someone who was... uh, someone pure, which I had said I thought was important. I asked her, the question, and she talked about it just as if it was any other issue, no effect. This is what I think, that's why I think, that that, that, this is why I think, and she made a heck of a case. What Clinton asked Ginsburg about was her stance on abortion, having read what she had previously written on it. Ginsburg sided with Roe, not from the standpoint of liberty, which the ruling was based on but on this equal protection clause of co- of the constitution a perspective that impressed clinton Hillary Clinton who reportedly is considered jumping into the 2020 president race remember this is this is this is uh you know i think the article is from 2019 a uh, presidential race in a time for the democratic primaries were sitting were, were sitting between the Ginsburg and her husband. She was eager to take some of the credit for this. I knew that all of the people who were part of the women's movement, she was one of the key players because her creative understanding of the law and her sense of commitment, she said, although a justice role is to interpret the Constitution as it applies to cases, the form, former first lady chose to emphasize her creative outstanding of law. I may have expressed an opinion or two about the people he should bring to the, top, uh, to the top of the list, she added with a smile. A conversation with RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a new book edited by U.S. Deputy Attorney General Rosen Ginsburg, who has suffered from lung cancer and pancreatic cancer, reflects on the future of Roe versus Wade. Roe has a pretty strong presidential weight by now. She stated in any in any in Casey, ninety-two Supreme Court decision, the issue was squarely before the court. The court said, "No, we will not overrule Roe." Contemplating whether Roe will be overturned during a, or after her reign, as Justice Ginsburg can, uh, conceded, we have no crystal ball. Adding that a second direct co- uh, confrontation may be is- may be ahead. If so, the odds, I think, are in favor of. Uh, of it not being successful. <coughs> Hold on, let's read that again. Contemplating whether Roe will be overturned during, during, um, over, uh, overturned during or after her reign as justice, Ginsburg conceded, "We have no crystal ball." Adding that a second direct confrontation may be ahead. If so, the odds, I think, are in favor. Of it not being successful, Donald Trump, in his first team, uh, term of office, had chosen to just, have chosen two justices whom he believes will interpret the Constitution directly as written, rather than to be ideological, creative. The Supreme Court today is split in this respect, and the next justice may be tip-ruling in a different philosophical direction. If Trump is re-elected, there is a strong chance that Roe will be reconsidered in the light of modern science and technology which is now more clearly an incentive of when an individual human life begins. Although there are three standing Supreme Court justices over the age of 70, Ginsburg has been uh, the specific focus of many court watches because of her age, 86, and health. This is earlier, earlier article. So, she didn't think it had a chance because she interprets the, she interpreted the Constitution ideologically. She's one of those people who believe the Constitution was the Constitution was what you call evolving. That's what the Democrats, that's what the liberals, the liberals love that, you know, like the spirit of the Constitution, the spirit of of uh, of the law. That's how she interpreted it. Oh wow. Okay, let's see. So we move on to another article by Church Militant uh, Roe v. Wade Unsound Law by Stephen Wayne, Church Militant, july tenth, 8, uh, twenty eighteen. Ruling Legal Basis Fundamentally Flawed. Ruling Legal Basis Fundamentally Flawed. Walter Cronkite uh, january twenty second, nineteen seventy three in a landmark ruling the supreme court today legalized abortion now remember actually abor- uh, abortion was the first state that legalized it was new york city new york itself new york state upstate new york that's what it was it wasn't but nationally it legalized it in 1973 so now from 1970 to 19 uh to now to uh I'm sorry 2020 it's almost close to 50 years right because I'm 49 I was born 1971 so that's close to that's 50 years. so that shows you there's something going on here now let's let's continue. Roe versus Wade has been law for nearly half a century, but even backers of the abortion admit its legal reasoning is fundamentally flawed. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a self-described feminist, has called the decision a heavy-handed intervention that appears to have provoked, not resolved conflict. According to Edward La- Lazarus, sorry, I had to stop because of the noise. According to Edward Lazarus, former clerk to Roe versus Wade, author Justice Harry Blackman, the ruling borders on the indefensible. University of Pennsylvania law professor, Kermit Roosevelt, has said, It's time to admit in public that Roe is a serious disappointment. You will be hard-pressed to find a constitutional law professor who will embrace the opinion itself rather than the result. In light of Roe's indefensible underlying rationale, George Washington University law professor Jeffrey Rosen has declared that overturning the decision would be the best thing that could happen to the federal judiciary. Even leftist activist Alan Dershowitz, a Harvard, has slammed the ruling saying that a clear governing constitutional principle are not present in Roe. All these legal scholars agree Roe versus Wade is unsound. The decision is based on leftist ideology, not the constitution. In light of this, the left recognizes the threat that that a new uh, originalist Supreme Court nominee pres, pre, uh, presents and are expected to fight tooth and nail to protect abortion. Interesting, interesting. Well, you see, it just goes to show you that um, there are problems here. I mean I you know, you know the thing is it's ideological. The left has very strong ideological views. It uh, you know, it's everything is based on emotion. And usually people who are very ideological tend to be very emotional people and not very philosophical and not very logical. They don't, they don't, they don't reason. So there you have it. Well, um, I'm going to end it here. Um, you know, this is going to be, you have to pray people. You have to pray that rosary. Like Dr. Taylor Marshall said, pray that rosary. If, you, if you're not praying that rosary, you're not on the team. And he's right about that. That's our uh, our sort of battle. We have to uh, do something about this because, you know, we, we're living in a time where, I don't know, it's like everybody's gone out of control. Everybody's getting very emotional. Everybody just hates without reason because they're afraid to stand out like a sore thumb. Well, this is serious. Uh, and we have to pray. Pray because our country needs it. We have to pray for our church leaders. We need better church leaders. Yes, we need better church leaders. Um, They're scared. A lot of them are just hirelings. They're not real shepherds. So let's end it here. And uh, God bless. And we'll be back together again soon. Amen.